Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin with teammate Aliyah Kamalova. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. Today, we're discussing how to set goals during times of uncertainty. And to help us, we've brought back Dr. Sasha Heinz. You might remember her from season three when we discussed goal setting for perfectionists. And in case you want to listen to that, we made sure to link to that episode in the show notes as well. And stick around for Dear Career Contessa, our listener advice segment where we answer your career questions, starting with how you should tell your male executive team that you're expecting. Plus, we also share some helpful resources you won't want to miss. And now this is The Females. So recently I was flipping through my journal and I saw the goals I had set for the first quarter of 2020. And as you might expect, almost none of my goals are even realistic now that we're in the middle of a global pandemic, which I know I've kind of talked to you about, Aliyah, already about mm-hmm. goal setting and, and you know trying to think about more than just the next day. And I think what was really troubling for me was that I started to feel just the idea of sitting down and making new goals and pivoting and being flexible, which I'm all about that, but I just felt Mm -hmm. really discouraged. I'm like, well, how can you set a goal if you don't know what's happening next week? You know? Yeah. What I've done is just like downsized is how I'll put it. Downsized all my goals or even brought back some good goals from the past that I never (laughs) achieved that are indoor inside based. I've been trying to practice new languages and stuff where it's like, oh, I forgot that I had this in my back pocket. So it's like, it's definitely a restructuring because I mean, now most of my goals are like daily. Like I haven't set really any long-term goals because now it's like anything I planned in advance last year, I'm just, it's all canceled. It's all, you know. Yeah. I feel like my goals have become more like to-do lists. You know, like the goal is to get through the to-do list of today. I mean, I know we're going to talk about it on the episode, but I'm also, I think, felt a little discouraged because also there's been a little bit of like shame or guilting happening on Instagram about like, you don't have to be productive during this time. But I know that I personally feel better when I am productive. And part of this is a little bit of a like... I don't know. I'm trying to balance between like mm-hmm. not going crazy out. and going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's trying to figure out, should you feel guilty for being productive or should you feel guilty for not being productive? It's that like, is the big no question. Win. Yeah. 
I like you and I have been like really, really busy. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting because I have also have friends. uh, One of my friends, she got laid off and she was saying the worst part about being laid off is that like, she doesn't have a lot of purpose in her day right now Mm -hmm. because she's trying to figure out like, what should she do? And obviously she's kind of getting through like the essential items in her life. But I thought that was really fascinating because these are such extremes where like, we're so busy and yet she has all of a sudden a lot of free time and you know, she's not her favorite thing. Yeah. I mean, it's really difficult when you like remove just work from your daily life where it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to figure out how to find more work or should I be doing this project I always wanted to do? Or should I like, it's hard to find direction. That's why on today's episode, we're discussing one, why does it still matter that we set goals? And two, how to set goals during times of uncertainty, including a companion workbook to help you get started. So let's get into it. Hi, Dr. Sasha. Welcome to The Females. Hi, guys. Let's start with having you share what is goal setting theory and how does it impact our well-being? The setting goals, especially during a global pandemic like we're going through right now, does that even still matter? I think this is such a pressing question because yes, goal setting absolutely matters because we are a goal-directed organism, meaning that from cradle to grave, everything that we do is we set a goal and we then accomplish it. We're constantly growing and evolving, which is another way of description of setting goals. Even the like every little thing you do, you get in a car, you're driving from point A to point B, goal, objective accomplished. So I think that, yes, I think that we have sort of like big G's and little G's, you know, big goals and little goals. But when you think about goals just in general of something that, that you have an intention and then you you accomplish or, you know, the intention then, or you fulfill the intention, that is merely goal setting. So yes, it's still hugely important no matter when, even in a global pandemic. Which it's really tough to hear because I think a lot of people feel so like, oh, how can I even do it? Like it's like immediately right. all these negative thoughts that like prevent you before you're even starting to set a goal or even think about goals. Totally. And Sasha, you said yesterday that like, we actually have always lived in uncertainty. It's more like it's uncertainty is just smacking us in the face. Yeah. It's just more apparent now than ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, life is always uncertain and we're always vulnerable. The humans, humans are, are always vulnerable. Um, We have an incredibly resilient species, but nonetheless vulnerable. And we are all on a, you know, the same bus ride, it's a terminal bus ride where we get off is unknown to all of us, right? Right. So life is always uncertain. It's just right now, I think that our lack of control and our vulnerability is something that we can normally distract ourselves from. And right now it's very difficult to distract ourselves from that reality. Right, right. I like that you use the word distractions because it's actually something my husband says a lot because I'll be like, well, we should be doing this and this and this. He's like, those are just distractions. Like I've, everyone knows this, but like I've wanted a dog for a really long time. And he's always (laughs) like, you know, I'm all for getting a dog, but I think it, that's a distraction right now. And he uses that word a lot. So it's interesting to hear you say that because I actually think when all this is over, people are going to start value, like looking at their time and where they put their money and their time and whatever. And like, being like, is this like moving me forward or am I doing this just to kind of stay busy and distracted from mm-hmm. maybe something else? Right. Yes. So I think that this is a really, you bring up a really important point because, you know, there have been, I think, you know, we were chatting yesterday during the webinar that there, there's chatter out there in social media land about don't feel like you have to be productive and, you know, what have you. And I think it's really important to distinguish between what we are actually talking about because you can stay busy 
and be constantly moving just to keep yourself from having to think and actually contemplate who you are, what you're about. Yeah. Like what you (laughs) want to do with your life. What's your purpose? What's your meaning? Why are you here? And all the big existential questions that at some point all of us need to, you know, wrestle with. But I do think that this idea that we're sort of like, going to collectively, you know, give the world the, you know, the middle finger salute because it's a global pandemic is nonsensical. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like we're all going to get a case of the, I don't know if I can swear, but (laughs) 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 we're all going to get a case of the buckets because of what's happening in the world doesn't actually serve anyone. And from a mental health perspective, it really doesn't serve you because our whys, like our reason to be, giving yourself a reason to be. And it doesn't have to be something grandiose and massively, you know, uh, that you're, you're producing something that's extraordinary, but giving yourself a reason to be something, an, an objective, you know, a reason to do what you're doing is enormously right. important. Like one of the five components of well-being, you know, from a research perspective is uh, achievement intrinsically motivated achievement, meaning it's motivated internally. You're not doing it to win an accolade or to get someone else's approval or validation, but you're doing it for its own sake, right? It matters to you. Yeah. Now is the time to be doing that because our life right now is kind of structureless in some way. And I think that's very discombobulating for us. Right. And then you take out of it the sort of like your why. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. <laughs> yeah. They're going to roll downhill quickly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had a client who was having, you know, she's turning 27 and she was saying in, in the midst of all this and was saying like, oh, I normally do my annual goals on my birthday. But I sort of, she was sort of struggling with like, I don't know if it's, make sense to do it right now because I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple months. And I don't know what this year is going to bring and everything, you know, the uncertainty of it all, I don't know. And, and I was really like, I felt so fired up because I was like, no, there's really never been a more important time for you to actually spend the time actually wrestling with and thinking about and contemplate and and being contemplative about it. What do you want to do to continue on your path of growth and development? How do you want to continue to evolve? Because your evolution as a human being is not stopping right now. Yeah. Right? So I just really think it's important that we don't give ourselves, like we don't create an obstacle to our growth and development just because our our schedules have changed and just because we don't know you know, like we, we are very much in the fact that life is out of our control is very much in our face right now. But that doesn't mean that you can't control or at least exert some influence on your growth and development during this period of time. Right. And I like that you're talking about like, look, there's like this productivity shaming is not exactly what we're, what we're talking about here mm-hmm. on this podcast, right? Which is sort yeah. of like feeling like you have to go, go, go 24-7. Right. And I think that comes from sort of like, that's really just a symptom of people's, you know, anxiety. Yeah. The anxiety equals fear plus uncertainty, right? But their anxiety mm-hmm. that someone else is going to be getting ahead perhaps, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's the swimmer who's looking at somebody else in the other lane. Right. Yeah. All of us are struggling with different things in this time, right? Some of us are sick. Some of us have sick people that they are having to tend to. Some people have lost their jobs. Some people are working more than they've ever worked. 
Some people have just received three extra jobs they didn't know that they were going to have, like taking care of children and work and being the teacher for your being kids. the teacher, yeah. cooking, <laughs> cleaning all day long, and yeah. you know, and also trying to be on their toe, <laughs> turning on a Zoom call, right? <laughs> Yeah. So it, it's like, I think that there's, that's also part of it is that everybody is having such a different experience. Yeah. There's such variability in everybody's experience during this time. And I think that's a huge part of it as well. But believing that you can't set goals, believing that you can't go after your best future is an obstacle to your mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, right? I mean, I think this is what's creating part of people's dysphoria or what I would call sort of like a soul depression where you feel like it's not going to work. Why? It's fruitless. Right. There's no Mm -hmm. point. Like that you've, and and right, it creates hopelessness and hopelessness is a real killer. Yeah. It kind of is like, it feels like it's such a global thing, which is so crazy to think about that we're experiencing the same thing that someone is across the globe. Still, I think sometimes it's really easy to be like, this is a personal attack on me, this pandemic. It's like, I was just about to go on a marathon. Like I was just about to, it's like, where you know? I don't know. It's good to just restructure that sort of thinking and be like, yeah, like what can you do? What, what are your options? Yeah. And I think it's important to really address all of our dysfunctional behavior, all of what I call emotional novocaine, like all the things that we do to numb ourselves, to numb our feelings are because we don't want to process difficult feelings, Mm -hmm. being able to address and actually speak it out loud and say, I'm feeling disappointment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm really feeling disappointed that the big talk I was going to give got canceled or the marathon I was going to run is not going to happen or the really fun trip I was going to take with my partner is not going to happen. And I've been looking forward to, we've been saving up for it for you know, three years. And now it's like, you know, and yeah. so it's, it's important to be able to address, like really truly process those feelings of disappointment, of anger, of vulnerability and feeling really vulnerable, feeling helpless, you know, all of those emotions, sadness. I think everyone, there is like, everybody's feeling to some extent, right? There is a degree of sadness, grieving over the loss of like normalcy, of, mm-hmm. of normalcy, right? Of, of like what we imagine our life was going to be. And then we're grieving that, you know, mm-hmm. what that might've been. So I think it's important to process all of those feelings and really allow yourself to sit with really just means like admitting to yourself that this is right now, like I'm feeling sad. Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. feeling, I mean, I just like my kids, I look at them and I'm like, you're just having a hard time. I get it. My daughter was sobbing to me. She's just want to go back to school. I don't want to do school on Zoom. I want or whatever, (laughs) some other (laughs) platform. She's like, I just want to see my teacher and I want to be in the classroom with my friends. And I was looking at her and I was thinking, oh God, I love little kids because they (laughs) say out loud what grownups won't say out loud, which is, you know, people are like, I just want to be back in my office, like bantering with my buddies and bantering with the people and, and actually being able to have a meeting in person and a going on my coffee break with my you know, yeah. colleague that I do every day. And what, you know, we're all missing all those things. So it's just like, yes, let's absolutely address the fact that mm-hmm. we're feeling all of these feelings are very real. But that doesn't mean that we at the same time can like have to, you know, throw in the towel on continuing to grow, continue to develop and continuing to 
believe in our future and like boldly walk towards our future self, you know, our best future self of who we really want to be. Exactly. I love that. Well, we are not, you have given us the pep talk we needed. We're like, okay, I will are you hearing goals. me, people? <laughs> yeah. Like if anyone's listening to this and you are not shook, uh, wake up. Um, we, okay. So up next, you are going to actually teach us how we can set goals that still yield amazing results. And clearly this, this is what we need right now. So let's get into that. Dr. Sasha, what is the first step that someone needs to take in order to start setting these goals? Don't worry, it's this kind of an elaborate process, so don't feel overwhelmed. But, you know, I think it's important to, to, you know, relay that setting a goal is not just sort of like slapping down on something like, oh, I'm going to do this. You know, it really does require some thought, which is what I love about goal setting is it actually requires us to really dig deep and think about what are the things that we really want to accomplish? What are the things that we want to do in our life that would blow our minds and that would truly grow us into the person that we really want to be? And that's how I think about goal setting. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I want to, what do I want to do? Because I'm essentially deciding what I'm going to spend my energy doing, deciding what I'm going to put my time and my energy into. My most valuable resources are going to be dedicated to this thing. So my, it's probably a good idea to decide that it's something I a really want to do, <laughs> right? You're not doing it for somebody else. You're really doing it for you. And that doing the doing of it would really be worth it, right? That when you're cross that finish line, whatever that, you know, proverbial finish line is, that you would really, you would know that you're a different person, right? It would require you to maybe clean up a lot of messy, like some of the nonsense in your life to be able to do it. What the first step is really just really brainstorm, write down all the things that you've wanted to do. And you, you know, keep asking yourself like, what else, what else, what else, you know? So, cause if you'll get the first five will be maybe easy, but it's really, I normally ask my clients to do 25 things. Maybe it doesn't sound like that big a number, but let me tell you, it's hard. It's hard yeah. to come up with 25 things that you actually mm-hmm. want to accomplish. Right? What if, for like your goals, like what's an example of something somebody's written? Is it, it could it be like, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year? Can it be, I really want a job that I don't hate? Like what's an example? Like, can you, can you write the wrong thing down? I guess. Yes. Because I think what, what I want for a goal is something that you would be able to, there's a date and a, you know, there's like a time and a date that you could be able to say, yes, accomplished. Because mm-hmm. What happens is, is that as you go after goals in your life, your new normal changes because you grow and evolve. And so the thing that you are going to accomplish that was going to... So I'll give an example of like the first time you you say, okay, I'm going to make six figures. Everything in my life is going to change when I make six figures. I'm going to feel... So as you start becoming someone who makes six figures, by the time you actually hit the six figure mark, you're already that person now. So the doing of it kind of feels a little ho-hum. Mm, yeah. Because the, the you that set the goal, she only made $30,000 a year, right? And the you that has accomplished the goal now makes six figures. So it's important to be able to put sort of like a marker in the sand of like, this is the thing that if I accomplish this, I get to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it ends up becoming a real moving target. Yeah. So like Mm -hmm. you wouldn't want to write down, make six figures because that's too much of a moving target. Well, it could be if you, if it was like a hundred thousand dollars, like I'm going to, 
you know, it could be like, I make a hundred thousand dollars in a calendar year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Scary. So just to be specific, like how yeah. would you know your bank account or whatever, like, yeah. you know, you, what you've actually, you know, you can look and see what you're either if you're on entrepreneur, what your revenue was for the year or like what you brought in or right. what your the salary you, right. You get a, an offer at a certain salary level, but that's very concrete. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But you're what saying about, uh, what like, about I want to be a better person is not a, not a good goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about like those daily goals? Like some people like I want to exercise three times a week or something like that. Cause it, it's kind of like an ongoing thing. So how do those, yeah, like, or, they're, or they're really short term, I guess you could view them that way where it's just right. within 24 so hours. I think that the reason that I want you to go after, right. And this is what step two would be pick one, pick one, what I call a big bodacious goal. So what I mean by a big bodacious goal, BBG is like, it's a goal that is going to grow you. Mm-hmm. It is going to require some growing pains. It's not going to be easy. And you can't even imagine yourself being the person who's accomplishing that goal. So it feels, that's really scary. <laughs> it feels impossible, <laughs> right? It feels impossible at the moment. Mm-hmm. Think about so many things in our lives that we've accomplished that felt impossible at one point. Mm-hmm. So yeah. many things. I mean, of course, this is like a career podcast. But I think a lot of this with careers, but I think that our first jobs as like assistants, like at least mm-hmm. I have this thought sometimes where I'm like, I never, like, I couldn't have even imagined being like, oh, I'm going to go from assistant to running my own company. Like it wasn't no even the thought process, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know that's like my own personal story, but I'm sure people think back to like where they were five. Okay. Actually, that's a good question. Like thinking back five years ago, I'm like, am I that much further along five years? Like, what if you look back and you're like, I haven't, I'm the same person I was five years ago is the whole idea is that at the end of this BBG, you don't, you, you don't say that. You can't say that. Can't say that. You're like, yeah. I could not have done that a year ago. How do I know yeah. that? Cause I wasn't doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like it. And okay. I'm not saying you're getting a lobotomy and you're becoming a different person, <laughs> right? No, you're like, you're becoming an up-leveled version of you now. You're yeah. becoming a person who has a little bit more confidence, right? Or who believes that you're capable of doing something you didn't think you were capable of doing before. Yeah. When you, you're doing this along the way, should you be like tracking? I'm sure it's in your workbook, which by the way, everybody, her workbook is going to be in the show notes. So do not worry about this. Yeah. But like, mm-hmm. do you track every month? Do you check in? Like, how Yeah. You- so, so the first step is going to be brainstorm all of this, like these outland, like, I really think you should be outlanders, like really go for broke. Why, why not? There's no mm-hmm. reason why you yeah. should do that. You know, just like, also, I think it's really important that we tell ourselves the truth about what we actually want. Mm-hmm. Right. I think we're so afraid to want because we think we're not going to be able to get it. So we're like, well, I just won't want, I just pretend like I don't want those things. Like, no, have your own back, put them on paper. You're going to eat the elephant one bite at a time, but (laughs) let's put it down on paper, right? Step one is just getting it all on paper. You're, you know, brainstorming the big possible goals. The second step is picking one and only one big audacious goal Right. And this is a goal that's going to require you to become a more, you know, evolved, up level version of who you are today. And then the third step is then you need to let you. So you're like really in this optimistic, like, yeah, I'm going to do it. It's going to feel awesome. It's yes. And by the way, you need it. We need hope. We need all of those positive emotions. And then you want to let your brain freak out all the reasons why it's never going to work. Like you're never going to be able to do it. You're never going to be consistent with this. You're never going to get there. You know, who do you think you are? All the things, right? And then you want to write down 
and let your naysayer have its airtime. Like give it the floor. It gets to be all the excuses, all the reasons why you think it's impossible. Like write it all down and give it some space. This is the part where you have the easiest time with this part. (laughs) (laughs) This will be the easiest part for you. Really like let it all out. And then the next step, step four, is that you want to let your future self take the reins. So the you that's already accomplished this goal, you're imagining him or her, she exists, he exists. Like I am my future self of 10 years ago, right? I wrote a little time capsule at 30 and all the things in it are basically my life now. It's like, oh my God, I, con- I made her up. <laughs> I like conjured it. this person up and I, then I am her right now, right? So you want to use your future self as your guide, right? She, the, she or he is your wise advisor, your wise counselor. You want to sort of channel that future self and then asking your future self, okay, how did you solve these problems? Because you figured out how to get over all of these obstacles. You figured out how to overcome all the excuses. You figured out how to trick yourself into getting yourself to do something. You figured it out how to have the confidence that she and he, they figured it out, this future self, right? So you want to let your future self go back to each excuse, objection, obstacle, whatever, and solve it. And that's the mindset you're doing. Like, okay, how would she solve this problem? Mm-hmm. So to like give you an example, last year, one of my big goals was to run. And this is the example I use in the workbook, but I wanted to be a runner. And that was felt totally impossible to me to like want to be, to consider myself a runner and to love running. Like what? I understand that feeling. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'm so, resonating with this. <laughs> right? It's like impossible. So... I had lots of excuses and one of them was like, it's so boring. So then I was like, okay, as my future self, how does she, how do I overcome this? It's boring. And it's so funny when you do it, because it's sort of, it's a really lame excuse. Like running is boring. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Cue up awesome shows on an iPad. That would make running far more interesting. I mean, if you're a nerd like me, you can queue up audiobooks. I love listening to audiobooks when I go running or podcasts, right? Or if you love to listen to music. So there's so many ways to make running not boring. Like running is boring is just a sentence in my head. Right. So when I'm actually thinking like about who my future self is and she loves to run, right? So that's the, that's the fifth. That's the fifth step is like, not only you're solving for those objections, like one of them was also like, my kids are little and they'll, running is taking time away from them. That was one of my things. That's going to be a problem. So I made a little go bag for my daughter with like little drawing, you know, crayons and markers and, you know, coloring book. And she would come to the gym with me and draw. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I, it was like, I could actually solve for most of these problems. Right. They weren't really that real. Then so the fifth step is what I call doing mindware update, but really actually laying out what would I need to think? How, if I am someone that's accomplished this goal, how do I think? Mm-hmm. How do I think differently than I do now? Because the only reason that I haven't accomplished this goal yet is because I don't, I don't think like that person yet, right? Mm-hmm. The difference between me who doesn't run and someone who runs all the time is one thought. I love to run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like running is my sanity. Running is my therapy. That's what I people can't wait to run. <laughs> I can't wait to run. That's what people who love to run actually think. They're like excited to get out there. They can't wait. They're like, that's their, you know, that's their therapy. So, right. So then it was a process of actually having to inhabit my future self and like actually start to brainstorm what might she think 
how does she think differently than I think? Mm-hmm. How does she think about all of this differently than I do? So if it's in the career, if you know, if you're thinking about like, okay, I want to make six figures, like how does the you who makes six figures, how does she think? Yeah. Does she think this thing you're stressing about right now is a problem? Mm-hmm. Is she worried about what that other person thinks? Is she, you know, like, is she wasting her time doing whatever? Like, how does she live her day? What is she doing? You really want to actually start to think like your future self. You know, I call this doing a mind or update because essentially you're like upgrading, you know, you're sort of, you're getting a software update in your brain, right? We're not that far away from that probably. Yeah. Yeah, Pretty soon we won't even have to worry about this. It will be a real technological. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just tell your computer to do it. Yeah. And the thoughts might be like, by the way, your thought might be like, it's possible that I can make, you're going to start with something small, right? You're like, it's possible I could make a hundred K. That was going to be my question is like, how do you know how that person, her, that future self would think if you're not in that? Well, like one, one of my go-to thoughts. Not to be all meta, but. <laughs> right, no, no, it's exactly. And one of the ways you can do it is by asking other people who, who do. Hmm. How do you think about this? And the person who makes 100K is like, oh, I, that's so interesting. They'll have to think about it. But they may be like, I don't know, making 100K is easy. And you're like, wait, mm-hmm. what? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm telling myself it's really hard. Mm, I see. Yeah. Right. So like, Ooh, there's a difference. Current me thinks making hundred K is hard. Future me thinks making hundred K is easy. So the mind we're update might be like one day I will think this is easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you can add a little clause to the beginning of the sentence to make it sort of bridge the gap. Like it's possible that this is easy. Mm-hmm. I'm committing to the belief that this is easy or and not, it may not be easy. Maybe that's the wrong. But possible. Mm-hmm. But possible, right? Yeah. I'm committing to the belief this is possible, right? Like one day I will love to run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then the fifth, the sixth step. So you're now thinking more like your future self. And again, you may not be there, but you're beginning to think of like, you're dipping your toe in the water. Like it's possible that I could think that this is something I can do. Right. So you're starting to think like that. And then the, the sixth step is where the rubber meets the road. Okay. So all of this has sort of been leading up to you map, but think about how much you've mapped out. Like this is really, you've really, you've solved for the obstacles. Like when this is a problem, then I'm going to do this, right? You've solved for all of the things that your brain is, all the reasons your brain is going to tell you that you can't do it. Right. And then the, the final step six is Every quarter, so in the workbook, there's a, you know, there's a worksheets for each quarter, but I want people to brainstorm 25, what I call heroic fails. So there are two ways to fail with goal setting. One, I call a heroic fail, meaning you failed because you tried and you missed the mark, right? You gave it a shot and maybe it didn't pan out the way you wanted or... I really like one time I get, remember I was like wrote down one of my heroic fails was to give a talk and I ended up getting laryngitis and nobody could hear me. And I was like, well, that was a heroic fail. <laughs> yeah. like, it was a total fail, but I showed up and I still did it. Right. So heroic fail is you're failing forward. You're failing, but you're failing because you gave it a try. So maybe you're, you know, going on to run a race and maybe you don't finish the marathon, but you run, you run 22 miles. That is a heroic fail. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't make hundred K, maybe you get a job offer for 80, but that is a heroic fail. 
right? So the other way that you can fail, which we do much more frequently, is what I call hideout fail, okay? That means you're failing because you're just going to avoid it. You're bailing on it. You're not going to even try. You're failing because you're not making an effort, right? You're failing in advance. You're basically like, well, it's not going to work anyway, so why bother? Yeah. That's definitely more common, I'm sure, right? A hundred percent. Because heroic fails mean that you may may take you longer to get where you're going to get, but you will get there. No doubt about it. So this is, you just want to like keep a list going or how yeah, often Yeah, so do you're you... going to brainstorm 25 things that you could do that are, you're going to be your heroic fails. And then next to it, you check off, was it a heroic fail? Was it a hideout fail or was it a win? Okay. Right. Oh, and so... the hideout, like you're checking the box if it was a hideout fail, if you didn't do it. Okay. So every quarter you write, you write down 25 things that already happened and then you label them or you... No, you're writing down 25 things you're going to do toward oh, got it. achieving got it. a goal. So you're writing 25 things that you're going to do toward achieving the goal. And then next to it in the column, you're going to write like, was it a heroic fail? Did it end up, you know, what was the result? You know, you may have gone to ask for a promotion or you go ask for a raise and they said no, but that is a heroic fail because you you did it, you went and spoke to your boss, you did all the things, you faced your fears and they said no, but that's a heroic fail. Yeah. So you, that would be, you know, hideout fail was like, oh gosh, that's going to be a really uncomfortable conversation. I'll just avoid it. <laughs> I know everyone's always talks about like five-year plans. I'm, I'm much more of like a quarter by quarter person slash max maybe a year. So I think your framework of how often you're doing this, one is enough that you actually can make progress in a year, but two it's not so far out that like, you know, a quarter isn't so long that you can't actually try out some of these Mm -hmm. things either. And for some people, you know, like if their goal, let's say is to be, you know, to take on more of a leadership role in their organization and to delegate more of the things that they, they had been doing, but they write some of your heroic fails. Some of the things that you want to write down in this quarterly list of things you're going to do might be allowing the people underneath you to fail. Yeah. Like your heroic fail is going to be allowing them to fail instead of swooping in and fixing it. Mm -hmm. Right. How is your team going to learn or how are the people working with you going to learn if they're not having, you know, if they're not getting feedback, like, oh, okay, that didn't work as opposed to, you know, getting someone coming in with the cape and fixing it. Right. So there's a lot of ways to do this, but it really makes you think about, okay, mapping out what am I going to do? What do I need to do? to get me to that end goal. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're mapping it out per quarter. And is there a there. sweet spot in terms of like reaching that bodacious goal? Like, would you say it's usually like good to plan or like set a goal for a year in advance? Or is it a little unrealistic or difficult or more difficult to achieve if it's like in 10 years, I want to do this? Because it's even more so a future version of yourself that's just so different from who you are. Do you find that there's a good time frame? Yeah. I mean, I do one a year. Mm-hmm. I'll do it as a yearly, as a yearly goal, right? I want to pick something for each 2019, 2020 mm-hmm. and things like, obviously, you know, we're living in it, right? Like things come up mm-hmm. <laughs> that change our life, but it really gives you this North star, right? That you're kind of going after and it, it orders your universe. And right now, like, that's what we all need to think about is like, what's ordering our universe, right? We're in the midst of a lot of chaos and it feels really chaotic and chaotic does not feel good to the human brain. 
does not feel good, right? So what we want to do is find ways that are meaningful to us, not arbitrary, but meaningful to us that order our universe. And for some people, it might be like, it would be impossible for me not to drink. And that's going to be their impossible goal. Someone might be like, oh my gosh, it would be impossible for me not to snack all day. And that could be their impossible. It doesn't have to be, um, it could be personal, right? It doesn't have to be something about business or money. It could be something that's personal to you. Nonetheless, like having to do the work to become the person who doesn't relieve their emotions with a glass of wine or a cocktail or who doesn't relieve their emotional life by snacking and eating, right? That's also going to change you. Like think about all the auxiliary things you're going to have to do to become that person. Yeah. I think uh, back to what you said too, like being the person who can deal with their emotions versus like having the distractions. And I think, I think a lot of Americans, especially like we're a consumerism obsessed company, I mean, not company, a country. So like, that's a whole thing too. Like, you know, not feeling the need to always buy this thing or be doing that thing and just Mm kind of sitting that. Anyway, I think this is also interesting. I think these steps also laid out really clearly, which as you know, like we, we love that. And don't forget guys, Dr. Sasha's workbook for setting your big bodacious goal is in the show notes, but also I just want to recap your steps. So step number one is brainstorm what you really want. Number two, pick one and only one, a big bodacious goal. Step three is let your brain freak out. Step four is let your future self take the reins. Step five is have that mindware update. And step six is to every quarter, write down your heroic fails versus your hideout fails. This is incredible. So thank you so much for sharing all of this information with us. Oh, so fun. I know. And everyone go out and get your big, go after your big bodacious goals. I know. I also, I want to like set some goals now (laughs) after this. Also, we are only calling them BBG for now on. Like BBG. Exactly. BBG. There's a good ring to that. All right. Well, next up we hear from you guys and solve your problems. Welcome to Dear Career Contessa, the part of the show where we answer your questions. Remember, if you have a career question, you can submit it to us via DM on Instagram at Career Contessa, or you can email us. It's info at careercontessa.com or leave us a voicemail at 844-FEMALES. All of that information is also included in the show notes. So today's question came to us via DM on Instagram, which we are laughing because most of you send your questions via DM on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I should use Uh, the voicemail. It's so fun. Nobody nobody (laughs) clearly likes the voicemail. And we know you have time to call us now. Anyway, so the question that came in was, I have an all-male executive team and I'm a young female in my 20s. And I recently found out that I'm pregnant. How do I break the news to them without them thinking that I'm going to leave work to be a stay-at-home mom? So that's a great question. It's like, it's sad that she even has this fear, but I totally get it. There's like a bias when it comes to mothers working or like expecting mothers where it's like, I feel like most expecting mothers are like, yeah, I'm going to keep working. I'm like totally fine. But I guess if you have an all male team, they're like, what does this mean for her? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think too, if the all male team has stay at home wives who stay at home with their kids, if yeah. they have kids that can also, I know someone I interviewed for my book, she talked about that. She was like, look, I had trouble advocating for a schedule that worked for me because all of my bosses, they all had wives that were stay-at-home moms. So that is also really interesting too. So I think our first tip would be 
just know your rights. Check out your employee manual and look into company policies about pregnancy and our pregnancy rights and maternity leave, um, just so you know very clearly what your company's policies are on that sort of thing. So you make sure no one's doing anything that's off the employee manual. <laughs> and if you, you know. don't, yeah, and if you don't know where to find that, like ask HR mm-hmm. if they don't have those those things written out yet. Because I know some co- people work for companies where they don't have those policies in place. If they don't, another good thing to do is like, if someone else at your company's had a baby before, go and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah. I'm sure they have a lot of advice. Yeah. And they might, they might know the unofficial policies yeah. for sure. Yeah. So number two is timing is everything. So I know that a lot of women will wait to tell their employer maybe at the end of their first trimester, their second trimester. And, and a big part of that waiting is due to the risk of miscarriage early on. Or also there are times where you can't wait though. Like maybe you have severe morning sickness or some other medical issues early on. So if waiting is not a, a, a possibility, you know, you pick the timing, but we understand wanting to wait later and we understand wanting to do it right away. And I know that also I have friends that have really tried to delay as long as they could before. And like, they'll, they'll start telling their boss, like right before they're showing. And I think part of, or at least my one friend I asked her about this, she said that she did that because it helped her kind of adjust to the idea of being pregnant for herself first. Another thing is I know people sometimes want to hold off until they're prepared to present a rough plan for their maternity leave. So really Timing can be largely subjective. It can be completely based on your own personal experience and your specific circumstances at work. But those are some of the things to think about before you break the news to your team. And whenever you do decide to break the news, just know that you should be comfortable with the idea of like the whole team knowing. So you should tell your boss first and then assume that, you know, the team is going to hear about it afterwards. So timing is everything. Be thoughtful about your timing and and start with your boss. Yeah. And also delivering the news in person or via a video call, I think is really important to have just professional one-on-one with your manager. That's the way to go so that, you know, nothing's kind of lost and you can just be very direct. And again, preparing those discussion points in advance so that you answer any questions or, you know, if you basically, if you have a plan about your maternity leave and when you are thinking of leaving and et cetera, that's just a lot more helpful for the manager to make sure um, they plan everything for their team. Proactive too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're thinking ahead of what they're, what maybe they're already thinking. Yeah. Cause if they're worried about you leaving like, Oh, you know, she's such a vital part of the team. What's going to happen. Should we start looking for a replacement? But if you have the plan laid out, people will be more calm. It's like a good presentation of leadership skills is mm-hmm. having that conversation and kind of coming to them with the plan. And then of course, being open to ironing out the details with your boss, because you know, you can start and show that you're proactive with the plan, but ultimately it's good for it to be a collaborative. And I would say too, lastly, this is a really good time to mention your commitment to the company and excitement. I think a plan does communicate mm-hmm. that, but it never hurts to, to say that. I know in the past when I've watched people who are going on maternity leave, I, I've noticed that like they'll do that a lot. And I actually think from an employer's point of view, it is, it's incredibly like good to hear. So I think that can help with the question you had specifically, which is they might think that I just want to leave and not, I'm not serious about my job. So say it and say it more than once, I guess. We're thinking about like, what's one don't that you should not mm-hmm. do. And I know it's obviously hard not to want to share your news with your friends and family and coworkers, but you definitely, again, don't want your boss to be the last to know 
when you announce it on Instagram, make sure like, or wherever, like make sure that you have talked to your boss because you really want to gauge, you know, their initial reaction, which can be really telling into how they're going to respond to you being a working mom too. So if you want kind of this like do, but don't the tip, mm-hmm. I would say, follow that because the, the, the executive, the all male executive team, I think will kind of let you know if your fears are, are there because that is happening, or if this is something where you, you think that's going to happen. But now that you've gone to them with the plan and told them first, you feel good about it. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. We absolutely love hearing from you guys. And we're going to try to get a little more clever with those reviews pretty soon. So be excited about that (laughs) Um, and, and some rewards and some cool things like that. We've also made sure to link to Dr. Sasha's free study guide in the show notes. So check that out as well. And a big thank you to Dr. Sasha for sharing her time and her wisdom around goal setting with us. You can learn more about Dr. Sasha Hines via the show notes as well. So we link to her website, the past podcast episode we did with her. And again, that study guide.